you're listening to the Omega Church Sermon of the Week. Be sure to subscribe to this channel to stay up to date with our latest teachings and feel free to reach out to us via our Facebook page or website. As you listen to this message, we pray God will reveal himself to you in a fresh way. Hallelujah. How many of you liked watching that little video? Can I see your hands up? Yeah. You know, that takes nearly three to four weeks, but you have to be sure you do it in less than three minutes. <laughs> so it's a time-lapse video. So the it's life cycle begins with 0.8 mm of its width, 1.2 millimeters long. So how, how big is that, the egg? Hardly the size of a paper pinhead, but something beautiful comes out of it, a butterfly. Then usually it takes three to four days in the little egg, and the little caterpillar comes out. First thing it does is it eats the shell from which it came out. I said, why did God you know, uh, do that in the nature? Why does he do it like that? It doesn't want to remember its past. You tell the caterpillar, where did you come from? Look behind. I don't know. I think this is something every Christian should be able to look into the past and bury the past, eat it, so that you will not look at your past and say, that is what who, who I was. Jesus Christ, when you put your faith in Christ, your past is buried. He just throws it behind him into the depths of the sea. You never go and fish it out and say, Hi, Ramana, this is you before you came to me. No. That is how God deals with it. That, that caterpillar eats the shell from which it came. And then it go, it, when it tries to grow, the body you know, becomes tight for it. It sheds the layer. And then eats the layer again. It does three, four times. And each stage goes to 10 to 14 days. And then it becomes, it goes into um, that cocoon, you know, that uh, pupa stage, where it, it forms that kind of a thing and hibernates in it. But before that, the caterpillar turns on the plant on which the leaf on which the mother butterfly lays the egg. It turns on the plant itself and eats that leaf and surrounding leaves. And it becomes fat and then goes into this pupa stage where it becomes, hides in it 10 to 14 days and then the butterfly comes out. So from that I have a few certain uh, lessons to talk about, but before that I want to say something about this mango that I have brought from home. <laughs> a tree is known by its fruit. I got a... No. Yep, tree is known by its fruit. We bought five or six of them. It's now, you can see by its wrinkling skin, you know, it's quite a few weeks old now. The main problem is we tried to eat last five of them, but it was not sweet. So this one is not getting its chance. No one is already said, let us eat mango today. No one has said it for three weeks. <laughs> That's why it is here today. <laughs> if I was in that near the mango tree and if I some, someone says, this is what the mango from this tree, I will say, better cut it down. It's of no use. 
it is just wasting the uh, space. You better uproot it and put something else in that place. You know, so many times Christians are like this mango. Even I myself, I'm not boasting, I'm not excluding myself. Maybe somebody looked at me and said, if Christian means that Ramana is a Christian, I don't want to be a Christian, I have not honored Christ. You, you understand what I mean? Your life should be attractive. It should be so juicy, people should say, I want to be like him. I want to be like her. I want to be like him. I want to be like her. So that kind of a desire people should receive when they look into your life. That is being born again. That is being born again. So we look into that a little more, deeper. So when you are born again, you are born again into a freedom. Just like the lava becomes, caterpillar becomes, pupa becomes, butterfly. And the butterfly is a symbol of freedom. It never looks like what it began with. It's entirely different. Same way, you know, the Greek word for it is metamorphosis. Metamorphosis is complete transformation from lava to butterfly. And metamorphosis is what should be happening to every Christian. Why? It happened to our Lord. When he was on the mountain with his favorite three disciples, and as he was praying, he was transfigured. The Greek word is he was metamorphosed. So, when you look into the, uh, uh, like the caterpillar turns into a butterfly, it's metamorphosed into something totally new. Your position changes from condemned to set free with a new life for life, forever. It means you have a new identity, new resources to live by, new life, new strength, new energy, new objectives to live for. That's what is being born again is all about. It's not something you go to a church and you hear a sermon and the preacher says, okay, if you want to Christ, raise your hand. And you raise your hand, you become a Christian. And next day you are the same. That's not being born again. When you are born again, Peter says, you are being born again by the incorruptible word. The incorruptible word. The Bible, when you receive that word into your spirit, it becomes the seed the incorruptible seed in your life, and then the tree and the fruit is entirely different from the seed. It doesn't look like anything like it. It doesn't look anything like it. So it is a journey. Even though I have been born again 44 years ago, I don't know when I really became a real Christian. I sometimes wonder, as I was preparing this message, I said, hmm, when did I become a serious Christian? But as far back I can go, remember, I knew one thing about my life is I always loved to study the Bible. I always loved to study the Bible. I was not happy just reading. Just reading, I was not never happy. I gave my life to study the Word. And that hunger for understanding the Word is what changed me, I believe. Every message that I have preached, maybe a few hundreds or even thousands I must have preached in all my life, Every message I preach has changed me. Whether it changed someone else, I do not know. But definitely I am, I am better for preaching every message. So I believe the same thing. Today also, what, I, what things that I am trying to share with you is the same thing. Should be a change, complete change. A metamorphosis should happen. 
A metamorphosis should happen today in each one of us. And at whatever stage of Christian life we are, there's always room for improvement to become like Christ, to become like Christ. So the colors that you see, the colors that you see in the butterfly are the character of the butterfly. If there's no colors, it could be a moth, it could be something else. But each butterfly has its own beautiful colors. Every butterfly is unique. If you have time, if you're passing by Singapore, they have got a beautiful garden with where you have only butterflies. You can spend an hour or two there, you will not know the time. You watch them, the cycle and everything, different stages. It's amazing. But what I'm trying to say is that our life should be beautiful. Why? Because Jesus paid for it. And he put that incorruptible seed. You don't expect an apple from a mango tree. Neither you expect from a fig from a um, lemon tree. Why? There is a nature that is put in that tree that makes it bear the same thing, not different. If, every, in, if in nature every tree is behaving the principle, is uh, yielding to the principle, and mango tree brings out mangoes, and lemon tree brings out lemons, how much more when you are planted into Jesus Christ, you should look like Jesus Christ? That is a challenge. The challenge is to look like Jesus Christ. And you may say, how does Jesus look? I don't know. He lived 2,000 years ago. If you look into the fruit of the Holy Spirit, that is the picture of Christ. That's the picture of Christ. So, uh, the how to sustain this new life? How to sustain the new life? That thing that began as a small dot, the caterpillar, before it was only a small dot, and then becomes a caterpillar. It feeds on, you as it was feeding on the shell, removing the, forgetting the past, as feeding on the leaf itself, you know, you need to feed on the word of God. That's the number one principle. When you feed on the word of God, that will sustain you. That will sustain you. You will, you will be so full of the word that when you go into the next stage of, um, next stage of pupa stage, where you go into prayer, in the prayer, what you do is you medit meditate upon the word that you have studied and you allow that word to become life and power in your life. And many people don't go through these stages. They don't, they don't, they just want to be one moment um, a dot and another moment they want to be a butterfly. They don't want to go through the stages of a caterpillar and a pupa. You need to become a caterpillar, feed on the word of God. You need to go into the stage of the pupa where you meditate upon the word and prayer becomes your life. Nothing but prayer. Just deep in thought with God and his word. And let that word that you have consumed before become life for you at that time. Nothing else. Nothing else. It doesn't feed on uh, any more uh, leaves, any, nothing. And it's the most insecure condition Insecure. It is tied up into that small cocoon. Anybody can come and just crush it. It is helpless. But God put that thing in the nature. You don't see many caterpillars, many things coming and eating it. It's it just there. And then it comes out 10, 14 days later, a butterfly. When you go into the, that atmosphere of prayer, no enemy can touch you. Because you are hiding under the wings of the Almighty. And nobody can touch you. And that is where the beauty is formed. 
that is where the beauty is formed that is where the beauty is formed you should be a man and a woman of prayer and when you learn to be a man and a woman of prayer the beauty is formed in you until then you are a caterpillar you are just a caterpillar so do we learn anything from this today this day will be a great day if you learn that little bit and the, uh, the god unleashes the beauty he put into you a unique you colors of butterfly fruit is the character you partner with him and grow into it not automatic you have to partner with him you have to yield to him you must tell him god i want your nature to come into me i want to reflect you i want to show you to the world i want to be full of your love i want to be full of your goodness i want to be full of your mercy i want to be full of your long suffering i want to be full of your steadfastness i want to be full of self control oh god i need you i need you i need you the more you are hungry the more you feed on the word the more you go into prayer the more his character is formed more beautiful you come out like a butterfly so you may be thinking ah oh, you are speaking so many things what do you have something is there a basis for the word we have the basis for the word galatians chapter 5 verse 22 but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace forbearance kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self control against such things there is no law against such things there is no law and i tell you when a jewish man reads this word his mind will be blown by an atomic bomb why because he always believed that obeying the 10 commandments is life and paul here says against such things there is no law the 10 commandments are nothing if you can show the fruit of the spirit in your life law has no hold on you law has no hold on you you know there are two words that are used one is the word wages that is used in connection with sin the wages of sin is death you like it or not it is paid back into your account instantly instantly it comes into your account the moment you sin the death comes the death comes but life is different it is a fruit it is not wages it is a fruit it is a natural growing out of it it has a process it has got a pleasantness about it it's got a blessing with it and it is a fruit not wages it is not wages so the fruit is singular word it does not say fruits of the spirit it is fruit of the spirit so you may think you go to a, 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 the grape vine and you look at a, a ripe grape and you pick it up and put it in your mouth mm grape the another one looks like grape put in your mouth taste like pear another one also looks like a <laughs> grape put in your mouth apple what that is what is all about the holy spirit fruit of the holy spirit you have the fruit and the taste is different every time you taste it so when you have the fruit in you you bear all the different flavors of it and though the different flavors you have here are nine listed here some people say 9 some people say 12 but let's stick with 9 to 9 today <laughs> and that will be good enough for us so out of this is the first one is love 
first one is love so why is love first one because god is love god is love before that i'll add a little bit on romans chapter 7 verse 4 and then we'll go into that fruit of the holy spirit romans 7 4 says so my brothers and sisters you also died to the law through the body of christ that you might belong to another to him who was raised from the dead in order that we might bear fruit for god you know what is this word i was last night i was reading about it just hit me like a big stone you know like a meteorite i said oh my goodness what does this mean what is what is what is really happening here is you imagine there one man adam and eve one pair adam and eve they brought sin into the world and ever since they ate that fruit sin has reigned you know you know it's multicolored thing you can see in the world Where, wherever you read any newspaper you turn on any channel of the tv you will see the impact of what adam did all the time it talks about rapes it talks about murders it talks about anything that you see that's going on it's a commentary on the sin of adam but what did jesus do when he came into the world he died um, uh, so you also died to the law through the body of christ that you might belong to another so when jesus came and died upon the cross you also died in him you also died in him why jesus Christ fulfilled the law from adam to every man alive today and in the future who is going to live any time and going to commit any sin he has lived their life perfectly it's just like you know adam failed but jesus came and fulfilled a perfect life for each one of us living perfect life so your life he lived perfectly and he died on the cross paying the penalty for our sin your sin every one of us sin and what did he do he he abolished that law that is going to condemn us he abolished the law that is going to so you are no longer under the law you are no longer under the law jeremiah talked about a, uh, the law being written upon the heart he says i am going to give you a new heart and i am going to write my laws on your heart which is happening now in christ jesus when you come to christ and say i am sorry for my sin he gives you a new heart and then he writes his laws on your heart by his spirit but then you have to grow into it it is a fruit you have to grow into it and as you grow this fruit you have to partner with him studying the word spending time in prayer having fellowship with other believers coming to church sharing the gospel carrying on doing his mission as you partner in these different dis- dis- I mean, uh, disciplines of life you come into that bear- fruit bearing stage and you bear the fruit you must have this fruit and without this fruit your identity is different just now a little while ago we saw uh, there's one more scripture about matthew 7 watch out for false prophets they come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly they are ferocious wolves by their fruit you will recognize them do people pick grapes from the thorn bushes or figs from the thistles likewise every good tree bears good fruit but a bad tree bears bad fruit a good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire 
Thus, by, the, by their fruit, you will recognize them. So what we are trying to say here is that nature has to be changed. The tree has to be made good. When you come to Christ, he does exactly that. He turns the bad tree into a good tree. That's his speciality. You come to Christ. He turns that bad tree into a good tree so that you can eat the fruit. You can bear that good fruit. That's the work of Christ. And of course, there's also this John chapter, John chapter 15, it talks about, I am the vine, you are the branch. I tell you, this is something that you have to meditate upon it. This is, this is one of those things that I received from the Lord. You know, like Paul, I'm saying, I received from the Lord. <laughs> In the year 2010, one day I heard his voice and he spoke to me and said, I am the vine, you are the branch. I said, Lord, I know it's in John chapter 15, but what would you like to say to me? He said, if I am the vine, the branch will never fail to bear fruit. If I am the vine, the branch will never fail to bear fruit. I said, oh God, thank you so much. Thank you for so much for teaching me. I thought I understood what he spoke to me that day. But after one year, when I was reading John chapter 15, I said, oh, last year the Lord spoke to me. I thought I understood it already. But that day after one year, when I again was reading, what I understood is, it is not the branch that bears fruit. It's the vine that bears fruit through the branch. It has to remain in the branch. It has to remain in the vine. As long as you remain there, the possibility to bear fruit is possible. But when the moment it doesn't remain in it, it goes dry. It's useful for nothing to be thrown into the fire. I said, oh God, I thank you. I missed it all this one year, but I thank you. <laughs> so sometimes, you think, we think that the revelation sometimes we understood immediately. No, it doesn't happen. The revelation comes, understanding comes much, much later. So we need that revelation. We need the teaching of the Holy Spirit. So you, you have to allow that word to remain in you so that when you have that word in you and you go into prayer, he begins to speak to you. He begins to speak to you. And he makes things, I mean, very, very um, uh, meaningful things. And as a, as a, what you call a digression, the last night I was praying, and as I was praying, I was reminded that, okay, today we are going to have the Mother's Day. And they were getting ready for things. No, I didn't, I was just, no, I know they were making packs for the mothers and all that. But um, I did not think much about it. But in prayer time, that was the time God said, you know, God always is he, is not she. You always call him, he is our God not she, but he has a heart of she, you know? <laughs> he is a he with the heart of she, the mother's heart. He himself said when he was alive, when he stretched, when he looked at Jerusalem, oh Jerusalem, oh Jerusalem, how I long to gather you like a hen that wants to gather its chicks. That's the mother's heart. And as I was walking up and down and praying, the words that came out of my mind, I tell you they're mind-boggling words, came out of my mind. How every mother is precious. How every mother is important. And I said, oh God, I thank you for mothers. And I thank you for my own mother. You know what she did for us? We were in a place that's not her language, that's not her culture. We were in a different place. And my father passed away. We had no source of income. And she turned her blood into food for us. She worked very hard to see that we don't starve. I said, 
your hand was on my mother. I said, Lord, your hand was on my mother. Even though she didn't know you, your hand was on her, sustaining her. She would have given up. There was a, there was a newspaper article that said a mother drank poison and also poisoned her children because her husband died. And one of the times when she's so low, she would she when you utter those words, I feel like giving you poison and take poison myself. You know, but I tell you what mothers go through, the world does not understand. There's no book that ever records what mothers do. But in the book of heaven, what every mother has done for its, her children is recorded there. And God will reward. God will reward every mother for what they do. And I tell you, every female has that potential to be a great mother. Those who are unmarried, those who are still looking forward to become mothers. It's a great potential for great mothers. And I tell you, the words are just insufficient. So many times we may look down on somebody and say, what is she doing? How does she bring up her children? But when they grow up, you ask the children, my mother is great. You may put her down today, but ask the children, what do you say about your mother? My mother is great, they will say. My mother is great. So don't look with your eyes. Look with those children's eyes. Then you will know how great is the mother. How great is the mother. You have to look at through your eyes, your mother. And see other mothers through their children's eyes. Then you know how great is the mother. And I tell you, as God was speaking to me about motherhood, I was almost about to cry. There can be a mother who is struggling with one child to bring up. There can be a mother who is struggling with two children to bring up at the same time. They were born in a very short space of time. Or there can be a mother who is struggling with uh, triplets and you know, uh, quintuplets and all those kinds of things. Every mother, I want to assure you, God's hand is upon you. He knows your tears. He knows your fears. He knows your concerns. And because not the, your children and your family are not your concern, but his concern. He looks on your children. He sustains the mother so that children can be sustained. He comforts the mother so that children can be comforted. He provides for the mother so children can be provided. And I tell you, I'm not trying to put down fathers, but I tell you, they do a bad job, including me. I, I'm always a great... I mean, I, I, I mean, I appreciate the mothers. That's a, a, something that I wanted to digress from and to share about the motherhood. But why not we just ask mothers to stand up for a second and honor them? Let the mother stand up for a second. One, two, mama, you stand up? You're not a mother? You're worried about somebody else sleeping. Don't worry. They'll wake up. Let's just give a hand to them. Thank you. Thank you. The Lord bless you. Now I'll carry on with my fruit-bearing <laughs> business now. <laughs> yeah. That was an awesome time last night I had as I was meditating on God's heart. How he is like a mother, you know? It was really awesome time. So we had to bear fruit, much fruit. That is God's will. That's God's purpose for our lives. We had to bear fruit 
much fruit, the glory of his name. But how do we do it? Just like the caterpillar begins his journey by the mother butterfly laying an egg on underneath a leaf, one small dot. In the whole big universe, we are also like that one small dot. We begin our journey like a one small dot. And we become huge bodies now. But I tell you, we must learn to feed. Forget the past in Christ. Come to him. Leave the past there to deal with. Let him deal with your past. Leave it there. And feed on the word. Go into prayer, meditation. And then receive the new colors that he has for you. And show to the world who you are. A unique you reflecting Christ. So the love each one of us show will be different. The peace that we have will be different to each other. Because we are so different, it will not have the same color. You know, you say yellow is yellow, or red is red. But when it comes to the spiritual fruit, if you think they are color, love, seven billion colors it has. Seven billion shades, you know. So you got different shades, seven billion shades. Some mother may not bond, may never say, I love you to a child, but she shows through action. But as another one may say, I love you at, uh, 10 times in a day, but not, may not do anything for the child. You know, there are different, different shades of love. So we'll just leave it there. So love, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Love is never understood without sacrifice. Love is never understood without sacrifice. And it says the model should be like God. If you read that word carefully, it will be confusing. You see here, therefore be imitators of God. It talks about imitating God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. So you are imitating God, but it says immediately, it says talks about Christ who loved us and gave himself up for us. It doesn't say God who loved us and gave himself up for us. But what Christ does, does or what he did, God has done, the Father. We always think that Christ died on the cross, it was just he alone suffering it. I tell you, it is not, it is not really true. You have the heart of God suffering at the same time. And the Holy Spirit suffering at the same time. They are inseparable. They are inseparable. And then what does it say? A fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. It is God, Jesus, offering himself as a sacrifice to God, the Father. Does it make sense? That is how it unfolds. And then, uh, what I try to do here is, out of so many scriptures, I try to choose one scripture that is close to understanding that word. So there are many, many words in the scripture that talk about love. But I chose Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Let's look at the word joy. Joy, Hebrews 12, 2. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So how does joy help you? Jesus Christ says, it talks about Jesus in Hebrews 12 too, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. The present is 
it becomes bearable bear it's something that you uh, go through because of the future joy joy is in the future and that motivates you to go through the suffering in the present so this aspect of joy we have to show to the world when we are going through suffering we must be able to show that put that smile you know like you talked about showing a have you tasted a lemon show your face like a lemon i tell you you should show your face like joy you are really joyful when you are going through difficult times and that is what it is about so when you look at your face when people look at your face they should be able to say why are you so joyful why are you so joyful should people should look at you and say why are you so joyful then you can say because i know god has set before me a goal and i am running my race and i know i am going to make it my lord is going to reward me and like jesus you keep the race go through the present because there's joy set before you in the future and let's quickly look into few other verses peace john chapter 14 verse 27 peace i leave with you my peace i give to you not as the world gives do i give you give to you let not your hearts be troubled neither let them be afraid you know the peace is not just lack of strife as we always think of in our mind the when the hebrew thought of peace is always shalom is wholesome it's complete it touches your spirit your soul and your body your body has to be healthy your mind has to be at peace and and, and your spirit should be saved getting it on life that is peace it's wholesome not just one part of it not um, not just a partial but peace has to encompass all your life it should come encompass all your life but what jesus said is peace i leave with you my peace i give to you so peace what is the source of peace is in jesus and he can give you peace if he does not give you peace and you say i have peace that's not peace it's counterfeit peace counterfeit peace people can have counterfeit peace it is possible and um, christ says my peace i give to you not as the world gives do i give to you let not your hearts be troubled neither let them be afraid so what the world gives you 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 can see now in the newspapers what is the hottest topic now the divorce of who bill gates and melinda gates the billion dollars are at stake 130 billion and before you had amazon guy and uh, so many people are divorcing these days i think it become the latest style now the fashion kardashian uh, so many people but that's not our problem my question is how did they begin you look into the read the story they began wrong today you are only seeing the fruit because the foundation was wrong the foundation was wrong read the story you will know it the foundation is wrong they do not have the peace they go to church they do lot of uh, philanthropic activities i am not saying few millions of dollars billions 50 billion into one uh, one trust to do good to people but that's not going to save you need peace from christ first into your heart and then you do everything else and without peace from christ everything else is meaningless and if you look at the story most worst part of the story is 
they want to maintain things as on on the surface continue the foundation for one reason because they want to win the nobel prize what is nobel prize when your marriage is crumbled what is nobel prize when you're not going to heaven what is nobel prize when you don't have satisfaction in life what is nobel prize what are you pursuing so it is not about money it's about right having that seed right seed should be sown in your heart then the right fruit will come into you out of your life so that's about it romans chapter 5 verse 1 <clears throat> therefore since we have been justified by faith we have peace with god through our lord jesus christ so it is being justified by faith that we will have peace there's no other way come to christ just as you are bring your sins and be justified by him forbearance is basically patience colossians 3:13 make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you remember the lord forgave you so you must forgive others this from the nlt other verses say different things i liked it this one so i put it there is patience make allowance for each other's faults most of the times we are perfectionist most of we are perfectionist except towards ourselves yeah we overlook our temper we low we overlook the consequences of our, our anger and many things why we think we have a right to be angry you know best place to test is on the road this morning i was coming <laughs> the road was completely free i said i can cruise at 60 i, I will not speed i will not go low 60 is the speed limit and pull, one car just comes and pulls in from the uh, signal and it was going slow and <laughs> you know what my thoughts were at another signal two guys were already standing there the signal turns green but you go about a little more ahead and then wait for the traffic to clear then take a right turn and these two guys were still standing at the line i said god you know i am running late to the church and these guys are not moving <laughs> forbearance on the road will be tested every day <laughs> but make allowance for others faults when they make a mistake don't curse them don't get angry bless them i bless that guy who did not <laughs> show signal <laughs> before he took a turn say that and you know that guy is changed by release by you releasing that spirit into him even though you have not contacted him you have not spoken to him you just bless and see and i tell you one, one story little story a friend of mine i sent him a small booklet on blessing he started blessing everybody with whom he had problem at work he blessed this guy that guy that guy and after a week or two before he, they were trying to i mean um, argue with him or speak back or stand up to him you know now this guy said oh he's coming uh, let's just do what he expects us to do you know he said this there's a change in the atmosphere he said after he started blessing and i tell you begin to bless even in marriage let the husband bless the wife when she makes a mistake let the wife bless the husband when he makes a mistake the environment will change bless bless your kids when they upset you instead of saying you will be good for nothing guy you will not come up in life i'll see i can see failure <laughs> your disaster 
those words become prophetic later so better bless them when you are upset and everything changes everything changes so forbearance is very important kindness ephesians 4:32 be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other just as in christ god forgave you kindness they don't deserve it when you show kindness you just show what you have not what they deserve goodness jesus said to the young man who addressed him as good teacher why do you call me good only god is good but he also told the story of good samaritan good samaritan story you all know about it how he went out of his way to help the guy who was in need so goodness you can if you want to know goodness you have to look to god he is good the definition of good if you want to know understand what goodness translates into action look to christ if you want to know how goodness translates into action look to the holy spirit what is doing i tell you goodness you cannot get it anywhere else no market supply no supermarket has this item called goodness where you can go put some money and then buy it you have to get it from god you have to get it from god faithfulness fantastic concept i tell you faithfulness is the covenant keeping god god is a god who keeps covenant if you want to know how to learn how to be faithful you have to look to god again but i tell you you can see it in the life of david and jonathan they made a they made a treaty they made a commitment to each other jonathan said you will be king i'll be next in command afterward you but let this treaty be between you and me between your children and my children and then what happens saul gets killed jonathan gets killed and so many people are killed and saul did some foolish things and later on in life when king day and david becomes king there was a famine they find out what is the reason for famine because this on account of saul saul made committed sin against the gibeonites so they call the gibeonites and say what can we do so that this famine will go away they said give us the 10 people who belong to the saul's family and we want to put them to death and expose their bodies on the mount giba and that time king david spared mephibosheth son of jonathan he was the only one left survivor and he did not hand him over instead he found other concubines of saul and their children he hands over and they were killed put to death and exposed on the mountain and then the lord sent the rain so he kept that faithfulness to the promise he made to jonathan by sparing and mephibosheth was also lame in his feet and he he brought him into the palace to eat food with him on the palace on his table and he uh, appointed a guy who can take care of his uh, estate so he literally did everything that is faithfulness that is faithfulness because i am i am a friend with somebody who is my close friend when the son needs i do anything for him why he son of my friend i am faithful to my friend when i help my friend's son so that is faithfulness i am almost coming to close <laughs> she's getting upset time is over <laughs> so there these are the things you know i didn't want to go into a technical study today but i wanted something that one should remember about the fruit of the holy spirit what is fruit of the holy spirit how to bear fruit so this is what i had in mind and uh, i was praying about it 
the lord put these thoughts into my mind and naturally he led me to look for and find a video about this caterpillar becoming a butterfly and i said what an awesome things i learned from it certain things we have we had to summarize it one deal with your past conclusively and definitely like the caterpillar turns around and eats the eggshell from which it came out finish the past don't look into the past anymore failures sins whatever you have done bring it under the bread bread of christ today secondly it feeds on the plant it eats up the all the leaves there feed on the word of god as much as you can you will never get indigestion from having more of the word never i guarantee you three point number three it goes into the pupa stage it goes into the shell become a man and a woman of prayer meditating on the word as you meditate upon, meditate upon the word the word becomes life to you and power to you life and power and when you do all these things the fruit of the spirit comes out like the colors of the butterfly in your life and you will look more, more look more like jesus you look more like jesus when you talk to people oh is this man no no i know him but i see jesus there i see the way he talks he talks like jesus he moves like jesus a day should come like that there was a man called sadhu sundar singh sadhu sundar singh was a indian man uh, from punjab and became like a monk and he never married he died very young as well but when he went to the west i think it was in uh, uk or america and he was t- uh, taking the he always carried only the new testament not the whole bible also that was his problem as well but he took the new testament and he started preaching and then there was a young girl she came running to him and looked at him and said jesus for her he looked like jesus the way he was speaking the way he was standing there probably had a long beard and the different color of clothes and all that but she could see jesus in him and i tell you there are some preachers who are so full of the holy spirit that when you go and talk to them you will see jesus in them you will see jesus in them i wish i walk like it one day that's my desire to shall we pray thank you jesus hallelujah thank you jesus hallelujah whatever tree it is a mango tree will not bear strawberries so what is the fruit of your life today examine what is the fruit of your life are you able to bear the fruit of the holy spirit in your life love joy peace long suffering gentleness goodness faithfulness self control are you bearing this fruit if you are not growing in this fruit there is something wrong in our life let's check those steps have we dealt with our past clearly conclusively definitely have we dealt with our past to bring the past under the blood of christ then secondly make a decision that you will read more of the word you will feed on the word three make a decision that you will become a man and a woman of prayer where you will 
feed on the word again in your mind, in your spirit, and churn it around, and meditate, and feed on it, and draw strength and power from it, and let the fruit from flow from your life. Let the fruit flow from your light. Let the fruit of the Holy Spirit flow from your life. And if that is what your desire is, just stand where you are. I'm going to ask the Lord to touch and deal with your past. I'm going to ask the Lord to give you that hunger. I'm going to ask the Lord that you will have real encounter with him in your time of prayer. I will ask the Lord that he'll bring out this fruit in you so that people can look at you and say, you look like Jesus. If you agree with these things, just stand where you are. We are going to pray. Thank you, Jesus, for your word today. I pray for your children now. May your hand come upon them. I bring their life under the blood of Christ. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, thank you for the precious blood. In that precious blood you shed on the cross, there is forgiveness of sins, salvation, healing, deliverance. And I pray right now that you deal with your children's past right now and cover it, Lord Father. That they will not be bothered by their past anymore because the blood of Jesus cleanses them from all sin. Now I ask you, Holy Spirit, to come with power. Oh, I pray that you will stir, stir in them a deep hunger, a deep appetite, a deep interest in studying your word, to know your word, and to feed on your word, to become, oh God, fat, in fact, on your word. There's no father, oh Lord, obesity in, in the spiritual kingdom. No one becomes obese by feeding more on your word. And no indigestion problem. So right now I pray by the Holy Spirit that you may receive that hunger now. Receive that hunger now. Receive that touch now in the mighty name of Jesus. Same way, Lord Holy Ghost, I pray right now that you will lead them into the holy communion with your God. That communion between the fathers and the Holy Spirit. That they will learn to have communion with the triune God. With, filled with the word. Lord, let them receive new revelation, O God, Father. New revelation of your word. When they spend time in prayer. Oh, let them hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And I pray, Holy Ghost, that you begin to teach your word to your children. Teach your word to your children. And above all, I pray right now that you bring the fruit of the Spirit in their life. Cause them to bear fruit, much fruit, to the glory of your name. Teach them how to abide in you. Teach them how to remain in you. How Teach them how to bear fruit for you, to the glory of your name. And I invite the Holy Spirit to come right now upon your children. I invite the Holy Ghost. Invite the Holy Ghost. Invite the Holy Ghost. Come 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 Holy Ghost. Touch your children now in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us. Thank you for stirring us up. Help us, Lord, that we may not be tasteless mangoes, but tasty mangoes to the glory of your name. Thank you, thank you, thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen, amen. Please be seated. Thanks for joining us at Omega. If you need prayer for healing or breakthrough, or simply to find out more, please head to our website or Facebook page in the links below.